Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So we had a fascinating joint experience this past week that I, I thought would be fun to talk about because I, I think we might disagree about it. How would that be? <laughs> I think that sounds great. Excellent. So we do some coaching together, and one of our clients that we work with together brought us this concept and said, uh, can you define this concept for us? Can you tell us all about this idea and how we could implement it? And the concept is the, the idea of being a product-led business. That's L-E-D. Um, so not like the, the shining things, but like you, you are being led by the product, uh, if I understand it correctly. And Jeffrey, you had all kinds of thoughts on this one. Yeah, that this is a very live topic for me because um, in my non-consulting days, uh, I'm, uh, the company I'm working at is going through a similar transformation, becoming a product-led company. That's been the, it's a relatively new company. It's been been formed by bringing together uh, other ones through acquisition. And one of them that I had been with before the acquisition had very much not been a product-led company. It had been a very commercially-led company, which is one of the alternatives and and this change to being product led is something I've been through before, and generally am, am in favor of. So, um, yeah, this is a, a topic I care a lot about, and it's uh, one that's live for me in my day to day. So, yeah, I was very excited about it. And then it was fun. Uh, yeah, I don't think we explored it fully in front of our our joint client, but uh, it was interesting because I'm allergic to the phrase, and um, the more <laughs> I hear it's becoming more prevalent, the more I get allergic to it. And it's not because I disagree with it; it's actually because I agree with it too much. So I thought there'd be all kinds of interesting stuff there. Right. So you're you're allergic to it. Well, how how could that be? Because it seems such a a, um, a nice uh, a phrase. What's what's wrong with product led? Oh, it just it doesn't go far enough, but let's help our listeners. Jeffrey, would you mind first just giving a definition? You had a really nice definition of sort of the three options. And uh, would, would you mind doing that first? And then I'll say what, what why I think the product-led option doesn't go far enough. Sure. I'll, I'll mention, I'll mention the, the three most common ones, and I'll actually add a fourth. And Ooh. because I think in my experience, I'm, I've always worked at software companies in the sense that we're making products to sell to people. And um, in these various startups, there's usually three alternatives for um, how companies are, are organized and run. And uh, uh, one is product-led, but, but this is actually the least common in some ways, the, uh, although it, there's some caveats on that. And I'm particularly talking about companies here that might be, we think once you get to the size of about uh, between 20 to 50 people um, is, where, is when these dynamics start. But they can go on to when the company is very large. So our our joint client is much much larger than that. Yeah, keep going. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So this can this can go on at, at any scale. But the the other two alternatives um, are, and I mentioned one already, which is commercially led, and this is pretty common in in early stage startups, and actually even later as well. Is is when they just say, you know, everything is subservient to sales. And uh, this is the one you'll often see people on Twitter, developers complaining about when they say, oh, we're, deadlines are just imposed upon us. Um, and because the logic is, you know, we have this really important client and, um, you know, so we promised them this feature to, to, to get the sale. And, and now developers, you need to deliver this in, you know, in, in three weeks, we need to have this ready for them because, you know, they've signed the contract. So now you need to deliver. That's kind of a one of the symptoms of a commercially led organization, which exactly. is often that they're selling before you actually have the product. Yeah, to get the sale, that's the motivation. Your, your aim is get the sale, whatever you have to do. Hey, we we have to wash their windows, and the, their windows are really dirty. So here's a here's a cloth. Yeah. Now talk about things you're, you're allergic to. I'm very much allergic to, to doing this. I always say sell what we have. But so uh, um, now there is a time and place uh, for and it I'll commercially just, led. I'll just say there. Yeah, exactly. There's a time and place for it. There, there are places where it, it can work and where it's needed. 
That's right. But it, but but it's not the normal case. But it's but as much it's very common because it seems like a natural thing to do. Like, look, we need to make money. Our VCs, whatever we you know we we're, you know cash cash is king. We we need to have the revenue, and so it seems it's very natural to fall into being commercially led. Now the the other one that's that's common. Um, and I think it's less common as you get larger, it's more common earlier, um, and that is to be technology-led. And uh, this is often the case where then people are talking about how cool it is. Like, oh yeah, we have this great new release coming up. It's going to be so neat. <laughs> you know, we have this, we have this, and uh, we've just re-architected it. We have this amazing architecture. We totally scale now. Um, and, and all the discussion internally is about the technology. And uh, and this is can be common when you have a a strong technical founder, and they often make the the culture of the company the focus on how neat the technology is. Now, um, there can be some advantages to this if you're trying to make some bring in some breakthrough technology, but it, it can um, have the challenge of it's often not aligned to the market. Uh, so there's there's some advantages to this, but it is one of the alternatives to being product led. Um, that is where I usually think is where people should end up, and we'll talk more about product led. But I do want to mention the fourth. Well, just let me say about that one. So the first one, you were motivated by sales. You, you were trying to get the sale. In the second yep. one, you're motivated by the wow. If people say, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Doesn't mean they necessarily buy it. Just means they say wow. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and, and often the people saying wow are the people internally. <laughs> it's the, often the ones who've done the work or patting themselves on the back saying, wow, didn't we make an amazing thing? Um, so it can be a lot of fun. And there's, so there's a natural attraction to this among the engineering technology team to be really excited about the, the fun, cool, exciting technology they're putting in place. So I kind of put it this sort of trick in now of product-led, technology-led, and commercial-led. But I think it's important to say that in the larger software world, you see a lot of IT organizations now, what have been traditional IT organizations, talking about moving from project to product. In fact, you'll find a, a book of that name. So this idea of reorganizing how they think about what they're building um, as a, a, a product mindset uh, when they go about developing their internal projects. Now, I say this as, as IT, but understand these can be companies who have very significant software components. So it could be something like uh, Walmart or American Airlines or you know people of, of that ilk um, who are, aren't known in the world as software companies. But of course, you know every company is becoming a software company to some extent. And there's been a large trend among these organizations to look at the advantages of having a product mindset. So sometimes when you hear product-led, occasionally that's coming out of these non-product uh, uh, software organizations. Got it. Okay. So now we've got the four different types, if I've got it right. We've got product-led, which um, we haven't quite defined yet. I'm going to ask you to, to say more about what exactly that means. We've got commercially-led, where you're saying, I, I want the sales. Uh, you, we have technology, which is, I want the wow. And we have a project, which is, um, I'm not sure, I guess it's motivated by, um, we, we need to get a thing done. Yeah, get this thing done and here's your deadline. And kind of traditional um, um, IT or technology as, you know, almost like a service desk, you know, servicing the business. It, it, I, I would kind of like to say business-led, but there's often such a large chasm between the two. It's it's really within the development organization in these, because you're really, what you're doing is defined by the project. And you know, it could almost be project management led. <laughs> but, well, I was talking to somebody who said said that they'd been involved in projects that had lasted for thirteen years. Um, oh wow, that, that's the, the sort <laughs> of thing I think that we have in mind here. That it kind of takes on a life of its own. Yes, absolutely. So I think maybe I would call it project led uh, as, as as a way of capturing the mindset. 
Indeed. And so how would you then characterize product-led? That was what our joint client asked us. He said, what, what, what is this thing? How, how do we do it? What does it mean? Yeah, that's that's so. What I what what I look at it, and I, I have a I come at this as a you know a product person for a long time as companies I've always worked at, and I also come to when I come to product management, I talk a lot about whole product management, which is kind of end to end, everything we're thinking about the project from our the product from our strategy, through to how we're going to bring it out to the market, how we're going to sell it, how we're going to market it, how we're going to support it after the sale. So the kind of whole life cycle of, of the product. And I think about that as when uh, being a product-led organization is that you're thinking uh, beyond just the development of the product, but you're thinking of the whole life cycle. And this is why I have a preference towards uh, this product-led approach in that you're thinking about the difference you're going to be making in the world. You're thinking beyond the borders of your company, beyond the, the borders of any one function, and saying, you know, we need to consider the, the, whole, the whole life cycle and the whole impact. What is it we're trying to accomplish? Why do we think it's going to work? And it's kind of closely aligned to strategy. And I, I think this is most aligned to um, the, the product uh, function. So, so what question are you asking yourself mainly when you're when you're doing a product led uh, when you're being product led? It's it's not how can I make a sale, and it's not will this be a, a make somebody say wow, or will this satisfy the need of the thirteen year zombie project? What what is it you're asking yourself? What what position in the market will it give us? What um, what users will think? It's the end state. What what difference is this going to make in the world? Uh, is how I, is how I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a, a, our vision in mind, our end state we want to reach, and what are the steps we need to make to achieve that that end state? Great. So now let me uh, say a bit about why I'm allergic to that, because that <laughs> that sounds wonderful, right? And it is wonderful. the The problem that I have with the phrase "product led" um, is is captured nicely by the illustration that our joint client had had a, a, a picture on a slide which showed a, 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 a great big circle consisting of the pro- which had the word product in it and two smaller circles uh, commercial and technology underneath it and and the, the strong sense I got from that and which I often get from people who, who talk about this in uh, a more simple way is that our product organization will squash the technology and commercial organization under their feet. <laughs> the, they will, it will take over. That uh, We will listen finally to our uh, people who have the titles of product manager and head of product and uh, things like that. And, and we will take their direction and they will tell us what to do. They will lead us. And that's the problem I have with the phrase, not with uh, the actual meaning. Yep. So um, uh, the, the uh, thing that I would like to see in uh, an organization that wants to move from the, the, ne- the less successful models, that, the, the other three that we described, that you described, Jeffrey, I, I want to see that they move to a product-minded organization in which everybody functions that way, in which the end state is commonly understood by salespeople who then might not make certain sales because they're not strategic, by technologists who might not build something that says makes people say wow but does make them say reach into their pockets and, and buy something <laughs> and by product people who naturally think that way anyway but who may have been acculturated into other ways of thinking before and, and this would affect customer service and marketing and lots of other folks we might not have mentioned so that's why i'm kind of allergic to this notion of uh with this phrase specifically being product led it sounds too much like a takeover yeah, no, I, I actually, that's really interesting to hear you say that because it's not something that I had 
uh, thought of, though it's something I, I understand the power dynamic. And I think because th- th- this is how people often think about these is terms of power dynamics in which function is the most powerful. And, and certainly the kind of anti-patterns we kind of described in, in product-led and technology-led, that can also happen in the companies that are described themselves as being product-led as well, which is they think of this big, muscular, beefy product organization. And as you say, everyone feels like they need to just, well, we just do what product tells us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we're not going to make any sales this month. And so we can't make payroll, but boy, we have a really great end state. Yep. And I think what you'll often find is like, you know, the people are just sort of waiting for product, you know, it's like, well, we don't really know what to do right now because we're still waiting for product to tell us. And then you get kind of the malicious compliance where people only do what product tells them to do. Uh, And and there, there can be very negative interactions there. And especially if there's long wait times. So one of the crucial things is to make sure that the iteration cycle is very fast. So you're very rapidly getting uh, new ideas and um, correct course correcting and involving everyone in getting to the end state that you're aiming for. Then you've got a product-minded organization that's experimenting and learning rather than a product, maybe we might say product-driven or product-ruled organization in which uh, the product people go away for six months, make a fantastic plan, and everyone else twiddles their thumbs. <laughs> now it's 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 funny because I had I had a story uh, that's kind of similar to that uh, of of being asked to twiddle our thumbs for a long time, and it goes back to um, the second company I ever uh, worked for, and we had just finished this sort of long death march of getting the 1.0 product out, and uh, there was you know that sort of uh, '90s style uh, sigh of relief, uh, the thing that the software he, we'd created finally escaped <laughs> to, the, to the world and end users. And then we were told, okay, now, and, and uh, the product is working on the on the MRD, the marketing requirements document. So you know, don't worry, pretty soon they'll be done, and then you can start working on the 2.0. So, but they're working to define the 2.0. But what they had come back with originally had been a, you know, a, a, a multi-inch thick document. And they said, okay, this is what we want in nine months, which was in no way possible. So then there were these long discussions between the product org and the engineering leaders. And meanwhile, the rest of us in development were being told, don't worry, they'll work in MRD. Now, this went on for weeks, it, it literally weeks. And, and, it, and it was this, for me, it was this huge disconnect between this rush we had just been to try to hit our release date after slipping many times and where where every day counted, and suddenly we're allowing weeks and weeks to pass, and uh, because we're waiting for an MRD, and um, eventually we we kind of rebelled <laughs> in a quiet way and just asked, "Are we allowed to start working on things that we we know make sense?" Uh, well, you guys are all working on the MRD, and we were allowed, and we ended up kind of self organizing the 2.0 release by <laughs> doing sensible things. But but what what drove our rebellion? was this sort of idea that we were just supposed to wait to hear from on high, you know, what the what the 2.0 was going to be. But if we had sort of followed the plan, I don't know even how many weeks would have been lost of waiting. Uh, um, and I, I think that that's kind of captures that uh, um, disconnect that you, you're describing, as opposed to uh, your term being product-minded. But, but I, I, can I ask you a question about this product-minded term? Sure. Uh, when you say product-minded, do you think the everyone is product minded or or you know how does this how does this work in in practice what is it what would it mean to be in a, a product minded organization if i'm not in product management 
What does what does that look like? Sure. It w- and I was just leading an offsite for one of my uh, clients uh, where we were looking at their strategy for the upcoming year, and that's precisely what we were thinking about. Where are we going to go in the market? was meaningful to everyone in that room, and that included uh, the HR person who was thinking about how to define values for the company and uh, to hire the right skills. It mattered to the uh, person in charge of sales who was thinking about how to fire certain clients because they don't fit the the market uh, that was emerging, the market uh, plan that we were describing, which was the end state we wanted to be in. Um, It affected um, uh, customer service and implementation people who were busy servicing those clients, but um, who would need to um, help them to adopt uh, new directions or participate in uh, disengaging from them if they were not the right uh, people for this company. So when it works well, and I'm not claiming that uh, I know anybody who does it perfectly, but when it works well, you get a unified picture. And, and I like to tell this apocryphal story. I'm not sure if it's really true that if you go up to anybody at SpaceX, uh, including, say, the, the finance person who's processing invoices, and you say, what are you doing and why are you doing it? That person says, oh, well, I'm making sure that our cash flow works and we have enough money to buy the new engines. And then when we have the new engines, we can build the next generation of spaceships and then we can all go live on Mars. And they all finish with the end state <laughs> of whatever it is they're doing, and they can draw all the lines and draw all the connections to, and then we go live on Mars. Now, whether living on Mars is actually a good goal is a different question, but it's clearly what Musk is trying to do with SpaceX. And, and um, the, the theory is that everybody can, can um, draw that line. I doubt it's actually true, but that, that would be the perfect, I think, uh, product-minded organization. All right, I, I have a I have a new term here. I have an alternative term to product minded. I want to try out on you. Try it. And and it, I, I came about from this. I was thinking about product led, and that you're right that people often think in terms of the power hierarchy, and uh, the dynamics where where they're squashing other people, they're constraining the other organizations. And um, what I remembered is um, at at, at uh, Tim Group, we used to have the strengths that we would um, rate people on. And there was two terms that we used somewhat interchangeably, um, but and one of them was uh, leadership. So we'd say, you know, were you leading people? But the 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 preferred term, though at least one I preferred, was alignment. And um, so, uh, and the idea was that if you're aligning people, if you're helping build alignment, that actually is what leadership is. So, um, what do you think about a product aligned organization? I like it very much. And what what I like about this is is it is it is I think it captures better the uh, role that I think product plays, which is to uh, they will often have a kind of uh, higher level view of what's happening. It's easier for them uh, functionally to to um, pull themselves out uh, above the, the the daily fray. But then what they do with that isn't you know uh, impose power upon people, but rather facilitate the conversation to make sure the way people are thinking and approaching their jobs are aligned with the product vision with that with that kind of end state thinking with that where we want to be in the world i like it i think that's great so i think now we have an even better term which i'd encourage listeners to try out see if that works for you um if you'd like to uh, hear us we're doing something a bit different a bit exciting uh, and it touches on what we talked about before that speed of cadence getting things out quickly being an experimental organization if you're interested in joining us for that that's on thursday the 21st uh, at 4 30 p.m uk time uh, and it's a joint live stream between me and jeffrey so kind of like a live podcast so 
uh, we'd love to have you come along and uh, talk to us about product alignment there and how it fits into this idea of uh, uh, speedy cadence, uh, continual, uh, continuous integration. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes uh, so that you can join us for that. And of course, we also like hearing from listeners when they disagree with us or uh, see things differently or have big uh, questions. Uh, somebody sent us like a 40-page uh, slide deck. Um, we, we don't need that much, but um, <laughs> we, we'd love to, to hear from you. You can find us at agileconversations.com. And of course, we'll be here again uh, in your ears on the podcast next Wednesday for another edition of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.